welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Is that we are in a series called Don't Waste Your Life. And essentially that series is about discovering how you are full of potential. That you are talented, that you have been created with awesome gifts and awesome talents, and that you were created for purpose, with a purpose. And so tonight, I have the privilege of taking uh, that series uh, another step further. And uh, what we've looked at, just to bring you up to speed, is it first kicked off by talking about your gifts and your talents, and that your gifts and your talents aren't just for you, but they are to help other people. And they are to help within this church family. They are to help within this community and to see people come from not just within this church, but from the community, uh, come to know Jesus and come to know the plan and purpose He has for their life. Then just a couple of weeks ago, another highlight would have been talking about Peter's life. And from Peter's life, we learned that, do you know what? Your mistakes, your past mistakes and your past failures do not have to determine your future, which is good. Isn't that good? Isn't that good to know tonight? You know, we looked at when Peter, in a moment of weakness, in a moment of fear, in a state of confusion, and Jesus had talked about this moment just prior to this taking place. And Jesus said to Peter, do you know what? Just before I go to the cross, you will deny me three times. And Peter said, no way, Lord, no way. What you need to know is Peter was very close to Jesus. He was like within that small group of three, who the closest circle that Jesus had. And just prior to this denial, Jesus was just about to be arrested. And Peter, with great boldness, stood up and wildly was shaking around this sword cut off some dude's ear and Jesus stood in the gap and helped heal that dude's ear and it was all good. But then just a short time later, he was found in this moment where he denied Jesus three times. And in that moment, you could only imagine how much guilt he would have felt, how much shame he would have felt. He would have felt like a failure. But through Jesus looking at him, and communicate, you know, that look sometimes, maybe your wife might give you, or your husband might give you, or, you know, as a parent, that look you give to your kids, that communicates something, and that's all you need to do. And Jesus looked at him, and through his eyes affirmed him, and said, it doesn't need to end here. And do you know what? Peter went on, and would read in Acts later on, a couple of books later, that he was essentially... I guess, played a big part in starting the early church. So he didn't allow his failures, his mistake to determine his future. And then just last week, we heard this incredible message by Tone, which was more directed at the young people. Any young people in the house tonight? Here we are. We're good. Are you good? Cool. And we learnt that, do you know what? Our decisions to set our life up because our young people within our church are in a very unique spot in life because they have their life in front of them for the most part. And the decisions they make today, if they make some great decisions, so young people, you make great decisions today, it will affect the way you live out your life tomorrow. 
But I believe the most important thing that was shared last week is that when Tone said, if there's one thing that we could take away, which is applicable to everyone in this room, is that we just need to listen to God and do what He says. All throughout the Bible, where things have gone wrong, where things are messed up, is because people have chosen to be disobedient and not listen to God and do exactly the opposite. And life did not turn out well for them. The same thing would be today. Some people say, you know, where is God and all this stuff that's going on, all this bad stuff that's going on? Essentially, it would come down for the most part that people have chosen to do their own thing, be disobedient towards God, and hence things have just not worked out so well. So I want to encourage you, again, if, through what I share, if you just take that part away, you'll be awesome. Is that cool? But tonight, I want to, just in keeping with our title, Don't Waste Our Life, I want to talk about Don't Waste Our World. That's my title for my message tonight, Don't Waste Your World. Essentially, you guys all have a sphere of influence that only you can reach. You know, when Paul was talking to the Greeks in Acts chapter 17, some way towards the end, he talks about how God had determined and set the places in which and the times in which people should live. And do you know what? You know what? The school that you're going to right now, young person, you know, the workplace that you're involved in right now, older person or anywhere in between. You know what? I really believe that's by divine intention and purpose. It's not by mistake. You know, the house that you live in, the suburb that you live in. God help those in Port Adelaide. No, only joking. Only joking. But do you know what? You know what? I don't live at Bob Battersby's house. I live in Three Hay Place, Windvale, in my house. See, I can't have influence over Bob Street, but I can have influence over my street. No, I don't work in Benny Peters' place. I work here, which is great. I love it. It's good. It's good fun. But you know what? Only Ben Peters can have influence in his workplace. I can't. And I really believe God has called you to your sphere of influence for such a time as this to have influence and impact over it. And so tonight I want to go to the book of Mark chapter 2. And I want to read about an event that takes place. And from that, I want to draw from that passage three keys to help us to make sure we have maximum impact, maximum influence over our sphere of influence, our sphere and we don't waste our world. Does that sound good? Cool. All right. So here we go. Mark chapter 2, starting from verse 1. It's a really cool passage. Love this passage. It's really cool. Here we go. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that He had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and He preached the word to them. Have you ever been in a place that's so crowded and so full? just want to try and get you to picture that. I shared this same passage with the young people a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I said to them, when I was 17, I went to the big day out at the age of 17. And some of the headline acts were like bands called Soundgarden. Does anyone know who Soundgarden is? The Ramones. Some people might know the Ramones. Man, they were loud. And then one of my favorite bands was the Smashing Pumpkins. 
And the Smashing Pumpkins were about to make it massive. And so there's so many people in this room. We were just bunched up together. And then all of a sudden, because it was a stinking hot day, it's in January, the hottest part of January. And some dude starts just throwing up a little bit of water. Then there was two bottles. Then it turned into 10. And all of a sudden, for 20 minutes before the Smashing Pumpkins got on stage, there was water bottles, sponsored by Mount Franklin's, by the way, going everywhere. But it was tight, jam-packed. Anyway, sorry, interrupted myself. We keep going. Verse 4. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus. And after digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit. I want to catch hold of that verse. Verse 8. Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven. Or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has the authority on heaven to forgive sins. Sorry, authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. In full view of them all. This amazed everyone and they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. How cool is that? I want to just share, like I said, three keys to help us make sure that we don't waste our world. And the first one is that we need to be determined. To bring a little bit of background to what's taking place here. You see, word got out that Jesus had, was doing some really crazy things. He was starting to heal people who were blind, heal people who had certain diseases, healing the crippled. He was seeing people being set free from different types of controlling spirits. And word got out that this Jesus, man, you need to go and check him out. He, he is just doing some crazy things. You need to take, take, a, take a hold of what's going on. And so as it was, he was in Capernaum. And uh, in Capernaum, a thing you need to know about this place is they were a very hospital type of town. It was commonplace to, you know, uh, when someone was having a bit of a party that you just invite yourself over. And so Jesus was preaching at someone's house. People had heard that he was in town preaching at someone's house. So everyone took it upon themselves just to come on over and let's fill up this place. And so you see these men were on their way down, inviting themselves over to hear what Jesus had to say. And on their way, they met a man who was paralytic sitting on a mat. And they went, you know what? This dude doesn't need to miss out on what Jesus is going to do. He could possibly be healed today. So let's pick him up and take him with us. And so they get to the house. And as the word said, it was so packed to overflowing that people were outside the door. And they didn't let this deter them. They worked around it. So you know what? Let's just get up on the roof. And see the roof of the houses in these days were either made out of hay and they were flat so they got up onto the roof. 
dug a hole in the roof and let the bloke down on his mat in front of Jesus. Could you imagine this? It's like us sitting in this building, people so desperate to get into this building, and all of a sudden the tiles start to fall out of the roof and they start falling on your head. You can imagine Jesus halfway through some, saying something powerful, and all of a sudden he's just rubble starting to fall on his head and around his feet. He's going, what's going on in here? Looks up and he sees a bunch of determined people to get one man to Jesus because he needed to hear what Jesus had to say for him that day. And I want to put out the question to you this evening. How determined are you to get Jesus, to get people to where this message of life and hope is being talked about on a regular basis? We've just heard tonight about this event called Imagine. Any Imagine fans tonight? Yeah. Imagine was fantastic. Do you know that just prior to this event, we had the most registered than any other Imagine event before? You heard tonight that there was uh, quite a few new people who experienced Imagine for the first time. You need to know that there was one young girl in our church who invited her friends. She's only new to church, her and her family. And she was so pumped about Imagine. And she was so determined to get friends here. She unfortunately gave such loose descriptions on how to get to church. She said, you know, come to this event, mate. You know, it's just, mate, I don't know whether she said mate. She could have said girlfriend, I don't know. Chicky babe. Say, hey, chicky babe. Do you want to come to imagine? Something like that. It's at my church. Where's your church? Well, I don't know. It's just at my church. Such was the description of where to get to imagine. And this, uh, the, the girl's parents spent one whole hour trying to find where Victory Church was to get their daughter to imagine. You see, church, we just need to be determined enough to get our friends to the event to get them to the event so they can hear the message of the life and the hope that Jesus wants to give them. And so I want to ask you tonight, how determined are you? Throughout these last couple of weeks, I've seen Ashari and her team work extremely hard, leaving no, nothing unturned. Does that make sense? No stone unturned. That's sort of, I don't know many dad jokes or dad things yet because I'm still a young 30-something not like Cess, nah, he's joking. But I watched them work really hard and they're on the database, they're ringing, they're emailing, they're phoning. Our youth leaders are on board doing all this gear because they were so determined to get as many people as they can to this event called Imagine so that no one would miss out. And I want to encourage you to ask yourself the question, how determined are you? Are you determined like these blokes? Would you do that? Would you drop what you're doing, pick up a man, be so determined to get them into the building that you'd go through the roof. How determined are you tonight, church, in getting your friends who don't know Jesus to the places where this message of hope, truth, and life is being spoken about? Cool. So that's the first point. That's the first key that we can learn from this event. The second is be full of faith. In verse 5, Jesus talks about and makes notice or makes mention of 
the guy's faith. You see, we just need to be determined enough to get them here into this place, as was the first point. But then we need to have the faith, like these guys, to believe that, you know what, something powerful is going to take place in their life. Something transformation, some sort of transformation or something transforming is going to take place in their life. We just need to get them to the event. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we had our most recent or well, most recent men's events, which is called Real Men. It's a breakfast for the, the men of Victory Church and the men within this community. Any men in the place tonight? Yep, cool. There we go. That's great. That's fantastic. And uh, for those who don't know, Real Men starts at seven o'clock in the morning. Some people say that's pretty early, but do you know what? We get over 150 guys out on these events. And so that says to me, you know what? If you're desperate enough, if you're keen enough, if you're hungry enough, you will make the time. So seven o'clock through to 8.30 sharp, there is a breakfast we put on out in Origin Coffee Bar. It's got a few round tables. And as I said, lots of blokes come out for the small price of only $7. This is a bit of advertising here. $7. Before it goes up to 10, the week leading out, you can get yourself a really great and massive hot breakfast. Plus, you get to hear teaching that will encourage you, inspire you, challenge you, uplift you to be the men that God has called you to be. Husband, friend, mate, and it is an amazing time. And see, one of our good friends here, one of my good friends here in Victory Church, he invited his neighbor because he saw that, you know what, I need to get my neighbor because my neighbor, his life is a little bit out of control. To his neighbor's confession, he confessed to another guy in this church that, man, my life is so much out of control. I smoke so much dope. It's just out of control. I've lost my partner. She's moved out because she doesn't want it. We argue so much. And I hang around these mates of mine who are essentially mates, but they're just not good for me. I need to, need to change something. And, uh, but before he shared all this, he said, you know what? Sitting in this meeting today, it was like the man was speaking right to me. He knew everything about my life. And do you know how often we get that about all the different events that take place here in church on a regular basis? That when the person speaking up the front, in front of the crowd, for people hearing it for the first, second, third time, they say, it's like you were speaking to me. And do you know what? We just need to, like I said in the first key, to get them here to this event and then have the faith to believe that, you know what? Once they're here, God then will be at work. I believe that what is going to be shared today will transform this person's life. If not right now, give their life to Jesus and will at least start the journey. And I really believe for this man, because later on he had the chance to talk to Riley. And Riley, for those who don't know you, has a similar testimony. When God broke in, all those things in his life that were out of control changed and were transformed and was healed. And he was able to share his testimony with this man. And I really believe that this guy left with something to think about. And his journey towards getting to know God 
to, towards getting to know his plan and purpose started on that day. Because one man was determined enough to bring him into the event. Two, that man had the faith to believe, Do you know what? In this place this morning, he will receive something life-changing. I know it for sure. And so I want to encourage you, church, to make sure that you are determined is the first thing. And then the second thing is to make sure that you are full of faith, just like these guys were when they dropped the paralytic down in front of the feet of Jesus. They knew that that day, that man was going to be healed. Something was going to take place. Does that make sense to you? Is all good? Cool. The third thing is that we need to be aware in order for us to not waste our world, to take hold of the opportunities that are given to us, to make sure that we have maximum impact upon our sphere of influence, we need to be determined, we need to be full of faith, and we need to be aware. In verse 8, Jesus addressed some of the religious teachers. And it talked about how they he knew exactly what they were thinking, that they were quite critical in their heart and quite judgmental in their heart. And it, like I said, it talks about how Jesus knew exactly what they were thinking and where they were at. And just like Jesus, we need to make sure that we understand and have a sensitivity about us where our friends and our family are at in coming to know God and where they're at on that journey. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19, Paul writes this. It's the message version. He says, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people, religious, non-religious, meticulous moralists, loose living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, Whoever I didn't take on their way of life, I kept my bearings in Christ. But I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about sort of a servant. Or say it, start that again. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempt to lead those I met into a God-saved life. I did all this because of the message. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. Effectively, what Paul is saying is this. Without losing my convictions, without losing my faith, without losing my walk and my relationship with God, I'm going to do anything it takes to cross over and understand how unchurched people think. And how unchurched people and unsaved people live their lives. Do you know that um, we need to make sure that we have an approach that is very sensitive to where people are at when it comes to their openness in God. Because we need to know what they're interested in. We need to know where they're hurting at some of their needs, some of their beliefs, so that we then know what sort of approach to take. I might just get a couple of volunteers just to illustrate this next point because I want to talk about one of my, I guess, events that 
or not my event, but an event I love to host, which is The Bloke. Might get Ducky, Kestrel, and my good friend, Peter Doak. You come up here, give them a round of applause. Cool. So here we go. Kestrel being very holy, he's going to be standing right here. He represents the church. Cool. And Peter Doe over here, unfortunately, Pete, you're going to represent the person that is the most furthest away from knowing Jesus whatsoever. Cool. And Duck, if you can just stand here, that would be great. Awesome. And Ducky's the bloke. There we go. You're the bloke. Awesome. Fantastic. He's got a beard and everything. It's fantastic. It's good. It's pretty ginger, he says. So we need to be aware. We need to be sensitive to where our friends and our family are at, where the unchurched are at, where the people in our community are at. And that affects our approach. Because if we understand what some of their needs are and what some of their interests perhaps might be, what some of their belief systems are about, we then will be able to approach it in the best way possible to help them start their journey towards getting to know God. And you see, down here, Pete is like, he is hard of hearts. He is a complete unbeliever. He's an atheist. He is like, that's right. I won't repeat that one, but there we go. But he is as further away from God as you possibly can imagine. And as I said before, Ducky represents the bloke here. And we put on this event uh, sometimes once a year, sometimes twice a year, for those who don't know, called The Bloke. And The Bloke is uh, an event centered around beer, burger, and boxing. And uh, it's a great night out. And uh, what you'll experience is everything you'd experience within a man cave, like pool tables and dartboards, and like I said, a beer and something good to eat, a juicy burger. Aren't the burgers great, ladies? Because you make them, they are unbelievable. Aren't the burgers amazing, men? Because you eat them. Yes, they are decent burgers. And, uh, and there's a whole heap of other stuff that you, lots of, uh, I guess, great things to look at, which is cars, motorcycles, and all those sort of things. All right, drag cars, love drag cars. Anyway, so it is an event that reaches out to the blokes of this community. And uh, it is way down here, close to the, the person who is really, really far from God, because you know what? It is an event that we want to invite guys to to start their journey towards getting to know Jesus and the plan and purpose He has for their life. And I met this one bloke who came to the last bloke, the most recent one, and I said, hey, how you going, mate? Yeah, good, fantastic. Enjoying your night? Yeah, it's great. And how'd you come along? Yeah, some blokes, you know, some mates of mine have uh, been here before and they invited me out. Do you know what, though? I only come just because you got beer here. I'm like, that's great, no worries. And do you know what? For me, because some people get this in and around their neck. They think, oh, you can't have beer in church. Can't have boxing in church. Can't have this, can't have that. Do you know what? It's not about that. It is about getting that bloke. If he thinks, you know what? I want to come to church if you've got beer, great. Well, then that's the start of your journey, man. That is the start. Whether you know that or not, whether you're aware of that or not, that is the start of your journey. Because 
Uh, little do you know that God has got an awesome plan and purpose for your life and you are about to start that journey towards heading here to the Holy of Holies. <laughs> Kestrel Blackmore. Getting to know great people just like Kestrel in Victory Church. Cool. Can you put your hands together for our awesome volunteers? Fantastic. So you understand that tonight, church. We need to understand that we need to be, like I said, sensitive and understand where our sphere of influence is at. Let's try and find some common ground by getting to know a little bit about them. What are they interested in? What are some of their needs? Where they're hurting at? What are some of their belief systems? So that we can then have the right approach and take them on this journey of getting them to where this message of hope, truth, and life is about. And they would hear it, and they would respond appropriately, and they would come to know Jesus, their friends, their Lord and Savior, and come into that awesome plan and purpose that He has for life, their life. It's all about starting that journey. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and God bless.